You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're finally sitting down with our buddies again. Friends we made because of the show that are now an integral part of both of our lives. And the podcast. Our ride or dies. Part of our girl gang. Helping each other out. I just love it so much. Welcome back to the show, Jasmine and Kyla of Corkscrew Curiosities. Hello. That almost made me cry. (laughs) Oh, no. I had to reel it back in. Smack you. Don't cry. Minute one. (laughs) No. Don't do it. Too early. We see these people every day. (laughs) I know. This is too early. I keep it together. (laughs) Hold my eyes wide. Hi. Thanks. Thanks again for... Humoring us. We're so excited. Oh man. It is it's so nice. I was like sitting and um was getting ready to like write the shows up for today and I was like, oh I don't even need to like write anything for this because I know she was telling me she's like, I haven't even wrote this show up and I'm like, do we need a write up? Don't need to. (laughs) Not today. It'll work out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So um so excited. First of all, the I'll get the like sappy shit out of the way at the beginning. <laughs> I'm just, you know, when I started the show, when Jill and I talked about it and we're like discovering what it was gonna be, right? We had it like laid out to where we would like it to go. And one of the best things that has happened because of that is our friendship. Because between the people that we've met that we would have never ever met, like in our lives in any capacity to now know like so much about each other's lives and have it kind of interwoven into our days. I mean, we say good morning to each other. We say good night to each other. It's really special. And if that's the only thing I ever get out of the show, that's enough. That's enough. So (laughs) there it is. Drink. She cried. It's just so special. It's so special. It is. And it's so nice too, because I don't pop on because we all, we all Marco. We do. We're in a group because we're a girl gang, and mm-hmm. I don't get, <laughs> I don't get to pop on as often because for whatever reason I'm the busiest one, which is stupid. <laughs> but it's nice that I can just pop on and be like, "Hey guys, I miss your faces. I just want you to know I love you so much." Mm-hmm. And then it's like, like I don't even have to like restart a friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 We're all very understanding of like. You know, be here when you can. Mm-hmm. We're just going to yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have, I guess, like in my whole like life or even adult life, to have a group of people that, so, you know, we just met Riley for the first time last year. We're hoping, obviously, to get together yeah. this summer. But to have a group of people that we all encourage each other in the most mm-hmm. like wholesome and non-competitive way no and that's like mm-hmm. literally i think the best part about all of this because mm-hmm. i have our my friends outside yeah. of this group yeah. and we're the same way and it's like yeah. i feel like all my friends could literally get together and we'd all be able to hang out and chill right and mm-hmm. just be mm-hmm. ourselves yeah right yeah yeah absolutely and my Wonderful. family yeah my family knows i always just go oh my vintage friends my I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and now yeah. i just go my friend jasmine my friend kyla my friend riley yeah. Mm-hmm. I just kind of say the girls. Yeah. The girls. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's really special. Boils. So, and I, yeah, I'm just so thankful Beautiful. and 
I can't wait for this summer to piss my neighbors off and laugh so hard and <laughs> just mob all of the thrifts and antique stores as a roving yes. gang of vintage idiots. Can we get, can we get t-shirts? Them. Or matching jackets? <gasps> <gasps> yes, we should make t-shirts. We're going to raise the prices on us, you guys. <laughs> we'll go, I will not wear a hat or talk. <laughs> that's a big I was gonna say are you mm, I have to go to a concert beforehand lose my voice and be like, like just like glue your lips together somehow. is this old I've never seen this what what is this bowl with designs on it, it I'm gonna you, paint this <laughs> how do you pronounce this is this P-Rex <laughs> ew look at this animal in a jar disgusting <laughs> who would ever do this yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 are these old pictures of people? Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes I'm that? Use this in my fireplace. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I did want to. We were recording earlier. This is this just fits into what we do in. So we have two group chats, three if you count Instagram. Oh, so many groups that chats. are all different <laughs> things. And this morning. We were recording and I got a message from my dad who winters in Arizona (laughs) and he sends me a picture of this like leather gauntlet looking thing that hooks around the thumb and ties around the wrist and it has a hook on it like a almost like a hook like you would hang something on a wall with. Yeah, it's like pretty. I'll send it in the group (laughs) chat right now. Like a, like a metal triangle and the tip is bent over. Yes. So he sends it to me and he goes, any idea what this is? And I was like, exactly. Let's look it up. So I did our favorite, which I learned from y'all, which is Google Lens. And put it in. And of course, it just came out with like leather gauntlets. And um, okay. Oh, wow. So think- what do you think it is? I think it has something to do with farming. I have something like this that attaches to a finger. Yes. And it was like a corn maybe or something. You were on the right track. So I look it up. It shows like Freddy gloves and stuff like this, right? So then Jill's (laughs) like, it looks like something for this. So I literally just put into Google, uh, antique leather glove with hook. And what comes up is it's a corn husking glove mm-hmm. from the 1900s. Mm-hmm. And you would use one hand is gloveless and the other one is gloved. And you hook the hook at the base of the corn stalk to break it off of it and then mm-hmm. yeah. put it away. And it seems to be the right hand you yeah. have the hook because you got two of them that are right handed. Yeah. I feel like I could have used that tool. Before, yeah, like I, know, not, I, I like haven't, but I could have because we've. I remember, way. like, yeah, I feel like I've like had to shut corn for seven hours in our kitchen before. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, there's a thing that helps with that. That's nice. I feel, yeah, <laughs> it should still be a tool used, but most this mm. was obviously before commercial farming and farming like mm. corn mm-hmm. picking equipment is the technical term. <laughs> but I so then I call my dad and I'm like, I found what your thing is. And Jill witnessed this. I did. I said, I found what your thing is and sent him the the listing thing. And this shit ass is debating me on what it is. I go, it's a corn husker. And he goes, well, I don't know. There's two of them, but they're both right-handed. And they have three straps. And I'm like, yeah, it's so you would. And then he's still talking and I'm like Googling. And I find that has a fucking video of one of them in use. And I was like, just sent you another article with a video. Pretty sure this is what you have. And then I just looked at Jill. 
And I was like, do you think he still believes me or? <laughs> no, she was just like, you don't have legit any credibility said, yeah, legit <laughs> said, I found what it is. It is this. And he's like, man. No, well, it's got three straps Literally on it. what you all do. You, know? you would need to have three straps if it's going to fit on your hand and stay put. I did have, right. yes. Mm-hmm. In You're this, pulling on something. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not just for high fives, Dad. He doesn't listen to this podcast, so. <laughs> oh, like, wow. If he does. And, like, scrape it down their face. <laughs> That's what I thought it was like a. Like a degloving um, tool. Oh, God, chill. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought it was maybe for, like, roping, like cattle ranching, where you would hook the. Or like Jill thought it was maybe to pull oh. fences. I'm moving quickly away from yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, what? we're gonna pretend that did not happen. This is the nursing Jill. <laughs> Devil's right. Great, right? cut that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the second horrifying medical story Jill has told within 24 hours. The other one is in the curio corner of this week's episode. Oh yeah, a oh, bear good. attack. Can't wait. So, if you want to know about that, go back to Don Emery's episode. See, this is exactly why I was never allowed to talk at dinner parties when I was with Ethan and all his co-workers and stuff. I did it once, and Ethan was like, he's like, you have got to start lying. Just say it was a good day. That's it. So, then I did. I was like, oh, you know what? It was fine. And then, like, because one of a... We were with friends and one of them knew what I did. And he's like, no, what is like the coolest thing you saw this week? And I just looked at Ethan cool and I was just like, relative <laughs> I'm like, can I, yeah. can I tell, tell something? Can and I, he was yeah. like, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, tell us, tell us. And he's like, are you all done eating? <laughs> then I proceeded to tell oh, the story. No. And then a couple people went pale. Mm. Are you talking about the time you carried a leg across the operating room? No, no not that one. No, it was not that, um, not that horrifying thing. It was, uh, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> warning, warning. If you're squeamish, <laughs> fast forward. All right, go ahead, Jill. <laughs> the story I told it. <laughs> I had a patient, he had a, an abdominal surgery and he had to come in because his inc- incision had popped open in his intestines. Oh, oh. Mm hmm. And I had just got done telling Ethan that like a couple of days ago because I was just like, I was like, it was really cool. We had to do this and this. And he's just like, hold the fucking phone. You're just going to calmly say, oh, this guy came in and his intestine was disemboweled. It was super cool. He was we totally disemboweled. Totally and normal. He's like literally coming inside out. It's fine. Yeah. And <laughs> so I was just like, like a pound okay. puppy. I was like, yeah, but that's a that's <laughs> the, the part of amazing medical. We were able to put it back together. <laughs> were they Were they dry? Uh, no, because, uh, he, like, the, keep them wet, the patient was, he was smart and he kept a wet towel did, on yeah. him. Like a whale? But then that. Yeah, that's what you, if you, cause you can't let your like intestines dry, yeah, dry out. out. You can't let them dry out. I find out. stuff like this interesting too. Say that I knew that. So if I am ever disemboweled, I'm dying. Cause somebody get a towel. First and foremost, get a towel, a wet towel. But no, like then I was telling the story and then like it was like crickets. Like nobody. And then Ethan was like, this is why Jill is not allowed to say what her day was like. I. Oh no. I, don't, I love it. I love it. I don't I see that it. stuff anymore. I love it's a part of your day. I miss it. Kind you of. are a magic maker, Jill, truly, but it's still pretty gross. <laughs> the mysteries of the human body, man. I know. The human body is amazing. I was going to make it. In, in, it is. It's really way. interesting. Yeah, super interesting. I was going to make a bad joke, but it might be too gross. 
Uh, is it though? If you're like eating some pudding or something, you're like, this is reminiscent of a boil. <laughs> as you take a bite. Oh, uh, would yeah. you do that to somebody to be rude to them? Well, you know, we used to. I used to that clean out. It's very like much like I used to clean out. <laughs> Like wounds, and then oh. I'd eat chili and stuff. Oh, see, that's too much. Now I feel like I'm gonna. Yeah, my up. mother-in-law is a nurse, and she does. She's done like the wound clinic stuff. Yeah, and she's she's told stories. Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, it's not fun. Uh, keep fast forwarding. If you stopped here, keep going. Um, <laughs> there was a woman that used to come into the salon. She has since passed away, and she had some necrotic tissue issues on her feet. Oh yeah, hotel. Mm-hmm. Oh, and. She came in one day and she had had like a billion back surgeries. There's a lot of stuff, right? And Mm -hmm. she comes in one day in like a big house slipper, like the ones that Velcro over the top of the foot, and she's gauze around her toe. Yes. So she says to my aunt, as she's touching my aunt's leg with this toe, she says, I got maggots and a cage on my toe. And my Why aunt, would she touch your aunt with the toe? She was doing the gross, the fear factor part well, of it. Well, uh, I've taken care of a I've patient. I've been holding my breath for like 30 seconds. I know. I'm, I'm so, sorry. Have to, we but can't keep any of this. I, I actually took care of a patient. <laughs> he came in. He had maggots in both feet. That's, and we kept him there because it was actually eating all the dead tissue. So it was actually helping. Oh, beneficial maggots. Oh, but he did warn us. Because he, he was wrapped. He had shoes on and we were getting, I was, you know, we were taking them off. He's like, oh, be careful of my friends. And oh. then we were just like, <laughs> I was like, imaginary friends, crawl, creepy crawly. Like, what kind of friends are like me? Because I was a CNA at the time and the nurse and I just kind of like hands mm. up, backed up. Right. What is like, it? what kind of friends? <laughs> And he's like, oh, well, you'll see when you take him off. <laughs> the smell was so bad. I'm sorry, guys. I I'll promise this talking. podcast is about vintage and antiques okay. and collectors. I'm scarred straight off the, straight <laughs> off the cuff here. <laughs> God bless you, Jill. God bless. It's very interesting. You're an angel. You are. Um, sorry. Back to the show. If you, if you've, you're good yeah. now. You can listen again. You don't need to fast forward anymore. You're good. We're back. We're back. Um, anyways, this is normal everyday stuff for us. This happens all the time. Um, but the last time we spoke, you two had just opened your first in-store space at the Elm, right? You had that stuff there, but a lot has changed since then with Corkscrew. So how long were you at the Elm? A year. Exactly one day. Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah, because we opened and closed on Halloween, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know, I know, but you learned a lot during that time, right, about where you, because when, when you started Corkscrew, you were doing a lot of online auction things, like Facebook auctions, and then mm-hmm, had the stuff right. in the store, and we're kind of mingling in Etsy, right? Yes, mm-hmm. we did have it. We originally store. started on Etsy. That was like our primary platform at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then that's changed. So you guys really don't do Facebook auctions. I think it's important that we talk about this portion of yeah. it. Is you don't really do auctions anymore. And why is that? Well, there are a lot of specific laws about holding auctions. Every state is different. There are some states that aren't the same as ours. Um, But you do have to have a license in order to hold even an online auction. Um, And they're cracking down on the online stuff because there's obviously people who are just, you know, auctioning off their stuff and 
it's not in any capacity an official auction, but mm-hmm. it still falls under the law. So, um, mm-hmm. until we get our auction license, mm-hmm. we are halting the auction style live sale. Yes. Because if we were to like have a complaint drawn against us or something like that, um, for doing unlicensed auctions, we could lose our tax license and be, you know, like we wouldn't be able to be corkscrew oh, curiosities wow. anymore. Yeah. That seems <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but also because of where y'all live, like auctions are a very huge thing in that part of the country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And because I think I've looked it up for Idaho before, and I don't know. I don't think you have to have an auction license to do online auctions. Uh, yeah, I think. Or you. in general. Yeah. Auction. Or it was just like an easy sign this paper kind of thing. Right. Like yeah. you just yeah. So what's the process to get well, an auction li- license over there? You have to take a certain amount of credit hours of classes. Um, a lot of places offer classes in like a... Um, a hotel where you go for like four or five days and you're in classes all day and it's certain topics that you have to have certain credit hours of then you pay to take a test after that. So it's both the credit hours and the the passing of the test in order to get your licensing in our state. And is it a license you have to renew every year too? Um, I believe, I'm not sure what the renewal rate is, but you do have to renew it. I'm not sure if it's once a year, once every couple of years, Mm -hmm. few years, but you do have to do continuing education and things like that for it as well. Wow. And get certain credit hours every year. And you have to to like learn, you have to learn the whole like, uh, traditional auction. Like bid calling. Yeah. Bid calling. It's like a requirement for the license. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, sounds awful to me. <laughs> I can't wait to hear you practice. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't like to cause the scene, and that is the biggest. I'm going to set it as a ringtone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Nope. We're going to pretend like that I didn't. Never going to, never going to find it. I think it's interesting <laughs> yep. that that's a class, though. Yeah, <laughs> look it up I, on it's YouTube. Real bizarre. There are videos. It's real weird. People like they do the whole this thing and there it sounds like a cult because they're chanting like tongue twisters yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. train and they're just doing the because they ha- you have to point out who's who's bidding. got the who's got it got the top bid oh, and all of that but God. it's just a bunch of people in like dress clothes in like a hotel conference room going um peter piper picked a peck of pickled peppers it's really bizarre <laughs> 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 yeah how did they for 400 yeah and i isn't it, it hurts my soul <laughs> like they all have kind of their own style of calling too mm-hmm. like their oh, own yeah. phrases yeah. and there's like a like a whole culture around auctions you know yeah and a lot For of those sure. people will go on to do livestock auctions which right. are really big yeah. around here and Same. you do do that style I yeah. don't think mm-hmm. that we will be doing that style. It is beneficial, I think, to learn the whole thing, but yeah. it makes me want yeah. to just shrivel up and, and you know, crawl in a hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, and it seems like I guess when you get used to it, but it seems like a whole lot more to keep in your brain to be going back and forth and saying yeah. stuff quickly. And I mean, it. I think yep. it's also part of the pomp and circumstance of, and yeah, like stockyard auction, like we have those yeah, here and too. We ha- there's something about like the uh, the vibe of an auction. Like when you're in an auction, it's exciting, 
I, you know, people are bidding things up maybe that they wouldn't bid up, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if they weren't in this like exciting setting. Yeah. Yes. So I understand um, the pomp and circumstance, yeah. but mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Because a good auctioneer <laughs> can bring more like higher bids on stuff, yes. right? If it's, if yeah. it's entertaining. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. A, we, we enjoy doing the auctions on live, like live Facebook because like it's fun mm-hmm. it's just like yeah. such an experience you know you get to talk to all these people like you get to chat about all the i it's just you know it's a good time so yeah, yeah. and you meet a lot of people you know you mm-hmm. meet a lot of people mm-hmm. and even like when i was participating in facebook auctions and buying a lot of stuff that way you you like recognize people that are in the chat every week or whoever you know oh, yeah. is participating in it it mm-hmm. is yeah. fun yeah it's a community that's for sure mm-hmm. you know yeah it's an awesome community yeah, very mm-hmm. much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, I think it's, yeah, important to clarify, you know, and we've seen this thing, we've talked about it, you know, inside and outside of the group of like, there's a lot of people that get into reselling thinking that it's like non taxable hobby money. And I, right. you know, we've talked about it a couple times on the show where I think it's going to change a lot of people's perspectives this year when they start to get forms from Venmo and PayPal. If they sold yep. over six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, which is like, you know, you think six hundred dollars, it's just not that many items uh, or that much for an yeah. entire year for people that are like kind of even just like doing as a side hobby. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to be surprised yeah. by you know that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of misconception about that anyway, so it's going to be mm-hmm. confusing for people. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of those things too, like owning my own business. Right? People will be like, "Oh, you just write that off, or you could just do this, or you can just do that." I'm like, it's not. Yeah, everything mm-hmm. is like everyone says everything is a write off, and yeah. it's just not. <laughs> which is which? <laughs> Thankfully, is, we have our resident tax expert. This is true. So. It's Jasmine. <laughs> Hmm. She's the one hardly expert, but I've tried. But you know, but you know more than I do, so you're an uh, expert, and and more than the average person because she's working. Yeah, yeah, she's being humble. Yeah, she's being super. It's a softball question, Jasmine. Come on. (laughs) Um, Well, and but it's true, you know. Like a lot of people say, like, well, you can just write this off. You can write that off. I'm like, right, you can. But when you want to get money, like capital, if you are showing. $30,000 $30,000 in write-offs and your gross is 35000 nobody's yeah. going to give you any money because you're not a profitable business. Yeah. And you're also more likely to get audited because they look at that yeah. and they're like, did you really? Mm-hmm. And That's if you're weird. not, That's suspicious. if you're not profitable <laughs> or if for the, after the first two years of your business, you're mm-hmm. not considered a business anymore. So you can't do a lot of the things. There you go. If yeah. you are in the hole for the first two years and then the third year you are also, mm-hmm. you are not a business anymore in, mm-hmm. in a lot of areas. Yeah. And I mean, like they expect you on your first year to have minimal profit and to show a right. lot more expenses because that is how businesses work. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like in my business, I have to be really careful about how often I raise my prices, right? Because mm-hmm. it could shift my income and my tax bracket year to year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's complicated. It is complicated. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and there's have, just like a lot that goes into reselling in general that people are are kind of mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. unaware of. Very yeah. much. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and, it and looks, the information isn't super readily available. No, either. Right in their defense, and it looks illustrious. Yeah, yeah. Right when you see it, it looks like this fantasy of like somebody's yeah, walking it, in. Yeah, yeah. It looks like yeah. some fun little thing you can do on the side. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like <laughs> surprise, you made six hundred dollars here, but you have to pay, you know, up to two hundred dollars in taxes on that. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. 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 And then it doesn't, you know. It doesn't account into, um, and this is obviously information if you are mostly reselling and not just collecting, like obviously, but it doesn't take into account the amount of like numbers you need to take into consideration for selling something Mm -hmm. as simple as a Pyrex bowl, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? What are you getting it for? Can you make a profit? How much are the fees associated with the platform you're selling on? How are you going to ship it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the how much shipping you're part, spending yeah. on supplies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. I think that's yeah. why. Like, I think reselling would be a a good venture, but I the whole shipping and trying to make sure something doesn't break. Yeah, makes me. Crazy. Well, honestly, though, I, like it feels really like anxiety. Like I had something sell when a, I sold an Aladdin um, drape. I don't remember exactly what it was called. Lamp. It was uranium glass. And I like held my breath the whole time. Like even for a, like a couple days after delivery. Cause I was like, have they opened it yet? Mm. Did it arrive? Fine. But otherwise, I mean like shipping, once you really start to understand it, it's a lot less like, uh, you know, crazy. Um, yeah. it's, you know, it's just part of the process. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are some of the like lessons you've learned over in, over a year from shipping, like starting out to now? Oh gosh. I feel like as far as estimating how much shipping is going to be, it's just like the wild, wild West. Like sometimes you think this is only going to be 15 bucks to ship this big item. And then you get to measure it and put it in and it's like 30 and we have lost money, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. by quoting someone something and then getting to it because packaging weighs you know, yes, uh, a lot more than so, you imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And then that and like packaging and like is a whole process. I feel like tips and tricks are, I don't know. I feel like everything is so different, but then the, in the small range, I really can do that quick. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Now, because like, and most of what we ship is smalls. So that's like our bread and butter, you know, small things that can be easily shipped. Yeah. And so those feel a lot less, like they don't take up as much spray, space in my brain anymore. Like I can kind of tell like what size box this is because I've just looked at a million boxes now, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, I still can't guesstimate the like higher poundage items. I can, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or breakables. They take up more space yeah. because you have to wrap them more yeah. optimally. Yeah. Or like box. double boxing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially yep. for like higher priced items. I'm uh, sending out something uh, this weekend that, or tomorrow that is very like, fragile very thin glass in some places it's all Mm. one piece um so it's gonna have to have like a lot of things so that like i'm gonna be using packing peanuts and bubble wrap and two boxes and Mm -hmm. so that's like a whole process um 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's it's the worst part. <laughs> yeah, we learned too. You know, we we were starting this and kind of you know we resell, but not for the aspect of like making a bunch of money back. Right, we're mostly just like mm-hmm. I want this to go to a nice place. Yeah. And we learned really quickly that like even something that's like eight inches or ten inches is fucking crazy to ship. And like we, you know, like I buy some boxes, but it's hard to order boxes when you resell because you don't know what size you're going to need a lot of. And there's been times that I'm like, I got to, I have to go find a box for this. Like I will ship it in the morning. And yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're always like, so we do a lot of things and Jasmine just finally uh, got some priority mailers because we realized that we're actually like places like marketplace, Facebook marketplace, uh, for those who aren't familiar with it. Um, really a lot of the time we are shipping priorities and we realize like, Hey, we can do small priority boxes. They're free. Uh, people are willing to pay that shipping. And it's really, I think it's going to help us a lot because Mm -hmm. boxes are expensive and then gathering boxes and recycling them, which is awesome is a huge process. Mm-hmm. Like you're always running out of things. You don't know what you have. Like, yeah. and while yeah. we might be able to find a better system for that soon, hopefully having like a bunch of flat boxes that have what they are written on the bottom is like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And a lot of people <laughs> misuse priority mail boxes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, it, I hope that it continues because I like to have free packaging, yeah. but they mm-hmm. could ruin it for yeah. everybody. Yeah. 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 Very much so. Well, and that's, you know, that's kind of the thing of like all of that that we just talked about is time going into reselling, which can negate your profit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're spending three hours a week finding packaging material or paying for packing material and then Mm -hmm. sell maybe four items that doesn't cover. Like it's that whole thing. You really got to have like a good, like basic, like Mm -hmm. underlying, um, income of small things to like kind of cover those expenses. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, and the other thing, when we spoke a year and a half ago, a year ago, Facebook marketplace was really not at all like, not at all like it is now. Yeah. It it was exploded. Really just local stuff. And then I remember they were sprinkling in shipping and I was fucking annoyed. I was like, Mm -hmm. because you couldn't filter stuff out at that point. So you'd like click something Mm -hmm. and it was. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah. shit, I don't know. I mm-hmm. thought you were just down the street. But they really, mm-hmm. I don't know what they did to get their shipping rates set the way that they do. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't it know is. how long that will last. But right. I, I really wonder because I'm size items. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having to pay the price if it's yes, light. Yes, yes. And I know that like people aren't always accurate on that stuff uh like personally i know that i've been inaccurate on like guesstimating weights before and been like this is not in the right class Mm -hmm. um so i try and be careful about that now a lot more because i don't want it to go away but i know that if if i'm doing it and i'm shipping constantly i know probably other people are doing it too (laughs) and i'm just like and on purpose Mm -hmm. right exactly exactly yeah well on purpose it's kind of like the wild west right because it's not etsy it's not ebay it's really anybody and then it's also people that may not know they've put something up for shipping Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah i've encountered that more than once (laughs) they have no idea how to do it and then, right. Yeah, a lot of stuff yeah. is arriving, you know, broken or improperly packaged. 
Mm-hmm. I had something shipped to me. It ended up being fine, but I had something shipped to me in like um, printer paper, like layers of printer paper and just tape uh, from Marketplace not that long ago. And I was like, "Woo, this is a lot. This is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, my God. It, thankfully, like the item was fine, but <clears throat> I was kind of surprised because I was just like, this is not packaged. This okay. is just a covering. That's it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, a lot, even just in the reselling world and how you are selling has changed so much because it's a very successful little shop you got going for you girls. So you moved from the Elm to a brick and mortar that is yours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Talk about that every day transition. What was that? what, What pushed you towards that? Well, I think a lot of things talking like existentially, we kind of like the pandemic pushed us both to be like, I don't want to work for somebody else anymore. We could do this. Like we could do Mm -hmm. this. We could jump in. We knew the guy on the building and just from like the picking world and talk to him about, you know, renting and it just kind of happened. It was really weird how it all fell together. Yeah, we were talking about expanding and figuring out what um, all that would entail. We kind of wanted something downtown, but a lot of what we found wasn't the right fit for us, whether um, that is my dog is sniffing and making them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, They just weren't right fits for us, whether that was rent or space or a combination of both. Or safety. It was just safety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it was just one of those things that happened where we weren't finding what we wanted. And then all of a sudden there was this space that came available and it was like really enough space for us. We could kind of do whatever the hell we wanted to do, which was cool. Like he's the owner of the building was really chill. So, you know, yeah. we're talking about doing like a mural on the side of the building this spring, perhaps. Cute. So we're excited about things. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he really let you kind of do what you wanted to with your space yeah mm-hmm. which is optimal right to have oh yeah and it's been so great has the yeah, foot traffic wonderful. and like in-store stuff been greater than you anticipated it to be yes yes, yes. yeah a hundred percent I feel like there's people that are more comfortable with coming into the shop with with us here Rather than someone else manning our space, they feel a little bit mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't want to ask to mm-hmm. see things or whatever. Right. Whereas when we're here, you know, people can ask questions, people can make an offer on something if they want to, people can yeah. ask to see something in a case and it just not be an awkward thing. I hate going up and asking someone not related, like in an antique ball. I hate yeah. getting someone to open a case. Mm-hmm. I feel bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's made the, all the difference. Yeah. And then there's the other aspect of just like getting to talk to people and connect with other like weirdos in the community. Like it's just cool. Cause we're all the same type of like, if you're really into this stuff, you're probably, you have some weird hobbies like us mm-hmm. and just getting to meet people like that all the time is like, so cool we've met a lot of awesome people and we've had a lot of return customers people who are coming in again and again because we opened um this space in november mid-november and that's what like three months Mm -hmm. that we've been there and we've seen some people like five or six times um so or more just to come in and talk to us yeah 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 and that's just so awesome 
We love it. I love it. Yeah. It's so great. It's night and day difference for our business, it, really. It has. It has. Because we like started initially this process as like a trial, you know what I mean? Like to see if anyone would show up. It's, you know, a little further out. Um, it's kind of hard to paint a picture, but it's like in a big parking lot with like other semi companies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the space is still just like really close to the road and like just it's a beautiful space. The windows are really cool. It's just cool. It's yeah. a cool space, which we were super excited about. Yeah, it's absolutely. Great. And you guys have a lot of people too that come in, which I think is beautiful that come in with stuff to be like, what is this? Do you want to buy this? How do I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have mm-hmm. stuff to buy, walk through the door. Some of the coolest things. All this, some of the coolest we've stuff we've had. Has yeah. just walked through the door from people who, you know, see us and love what we're doing. And they're like, mm-hmm. I know they would appreciate this. I don't want it anymore. So I'm going to take it to them and they will do the right thing with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, like our embalming machine and things like that, you know, that we have gotten since we've opened, it's wild. We yeah, never would have gotten is. that kind of stuff before because mm-hmm. it yeah. just has walked through the door. Which is mm-hmm. just phenomenal. I, every time yeah. like, I'll see a thing and be like, this just came into the shop. I'm like, what? I know. Like nobody would yeah. ever walk in and be like, "Hey, so I got this Pyrex for you. Do you want it?" Yes, I do. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Yeah, know. like that. Um, that gun was it. Gun Jasmine, the devil. Uh, yes. Face plush. That thing was magic. It was so cool, super rare. And um, she listed it. It was something that we got together as like the shop. She listed mm-hmm. it on this plush Facebook group and it was denied because the admin of the group wanted to purchase it. So it never even like posted. They were <laughs> like, nope, sold. that's mine. Nope. That's Hell mine. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Like, cool. Yeah. I, and that awesome. literally just like walked into our door. I was like, yeah. she had that. No, she was like, I don't know what to do with this stuff. It's just kind of junk. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's so it's shitty. such Thanks. junky shit. I, <laughs> right, I don't know right. if we're totally going to be able to get rid fun. of it. but <laughs> She was probably thrilled to get it out of the way and get some yeah. decent money for it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we were thrilled to pick through it and clean yeah. it up and get it out the door, you know? It's, yeah, because it was kind of a good relationship. Cool it was so cool. Yeah. I remember being like, yeah. oh my God. I'll try to find a picture of it. Also knowing there's no way I could have ever (laughs) paid for that. Um, So how does that work with like the two of you buy things for the shop separately and sell it like for your own income and then you have collective stuff or what's that system like for you guys? Yeah, we are a partnership as far as our business structure goes. Um, So it's, it's kind of a, a hard calculation at the end of the year as far as our income goes and what um what each of us made and all of that but yeah we we anything that comes through the door we buy together that first unless the other person doesn't want it um and then we also do our own picking outside if it's something big we'll message the other and be like hey do you want to go in on this or um whatever and then obviously split the income at that point yeah it's it's yeah. complicated, like, honestly, but but straightforward. That works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know if the average Joe could do it this way, though. I think we just know each other so well, mm-hmm. yeah, that it yeah. becomes a little bit easier to first of all predict what the other would want to do, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. what they would want, and you know, to just kind of communicate between ourselves like what we have what we've made and all of that it just Mm -hmm. you know not everybody could do it that way I don't think 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that was kind of a conversation we had to have recently too with turning the show like into a business and whatnot. Yeah, was that like how is this going to work once you know other stuff comes into play? And I don't like you're mm-hmm. right. I don't think I could do it with anybody else but Jill and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're back. We had to take a little litter box break, but everybody's back. We're <laughs> fine. We're fine. Everybody went outside. Everybody, everybody's That's why good. Sam does Everybody. more litter. Yeah. <laughs> Jill's burning through it at my house. That's what we call the bathroom of the salon. Instead of like shouting across the lawn, like somebody would be like, their appointment's here. Instead of being like, they're in the bathroom. I just go, oh, they're in the litter box or the library. And then somebody would be like, oh, you have a library? And I'm like, no, it's the bathroom. <laughs> it's the bathroom. Yes, it's actually just down the hall. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What has been the most surprising thing to both of you about one owning a business, but a vintage a business that deals mostly in vintage and antiques and things like that? What has been like something that you're like, I was not expecting this? Um, I think sometimes <laughs> the items that we pick up, I think surprise me um as far as what sells and what won't sometimes you think something is going to fly out the door and you sit on it for months and then sometimes you pick up something and you're like "Eh, it's fine and you have people messaging you fighting over it practically Mm. and it's it is wild people are wild like you never people are wild pin it down what Mm -hmm. people are going to want um i think that's been the most surprising for me at least yeah, I feel like for me, initially, the most surprising thing was that I could I could do thrifting and sell those items that I would be buying anyway, or like that have just kind of been sitting around for so long for, uh, you know, real money. Mm-hmm. That was like really surprising to me. Like, I know that that's like kind of the obvious thing there, but like, we're just, we're lucky in a sense, like we know how to like, we know where to look. We know how to get deals. Like we like talking to the people about their things. Mm -hmm. It's just like such a process. And I don't know. It's cool. It's cool that we can just like do something that we've kind of been like raised doing Mm -hmm. and turn it into a whole business and make it like the thing that I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's crazy to me. Yeah, <laughs> it baffles me some days, and I'm yeah. just like, okay, okay. Like when I find something, you know, in a box that was free and it's worth two hundred dollars, and I'm just like, oh, okay, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's okay. Yeah. We're doing fun. that. <laughs> okay, okay. And obviously, that's not how that normally goes, right. but it happens. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we keep so, chasing, right? That. Yeah. Yeah. If I find that high is what you're continuously going Mm -hmm. for. It's so fun. Yeah. Yes. I have to, and I think I know the answer to this question, but has being, because it's changed mine and Jill's, but has being in the business of reselling and kind of saturated in old stuff changed your taste that you thought you were like locked into collector wise? Yes. I don't think that mine was ever locked in because I've kind of always been the person that just like, like finds the thing that's like wet, like, okay, right. I'm I'm sitting next to my barrister. Yes. Magpie. I'm sitting next to my barrister bookcase and I have this thing. (laughs) Kyla's grabbing something out of her barrister bookcase, which is like the, (gasps) (laughs) 
It's this my favorite. one of my favorite things right now. It's and a, this is what I collect. And it's always been the sort of thing I would collect. Like I would my buy Nana that one time. I, I think our, I, yeah. Yeah. Because it's just Our Nana one time smile. was like, this is just, this is weird. I think Kyla would like it. Like she said that. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that uh, is correct. It is a flocked dash bobble bodies of two yeah, sumo like wrestlers yeah and the spring is at their waist and they're holding on to each other's there's a technical term for that they're locked they're in wrestling. they're wrestling <laughs> and they both have these like mm, like frowny faces i am I obsessed with that i adore that it's yeah, the best i really. love it <laughs> but no i feel like one of those things where um i've like kind of accidentally started collecting things. Do you know what I mean? Like the other day I realized I had a vintage ruler collection. Mm-hmm. Just realized that mm-hmm. I didn't <laughs> plan it. <laughs> like I just was like, why do I have like six or seven wooden bending rulers with like stuff all like they're really beautiful. The advertising yardstick things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, why do I have so many of these mm-hmm. to pair? I use, you know, my vintage rulers for like shipping and things. I'm like kind of constantly measuring things. Mm-hmm. I actually really want an inch tattoo. Uh, yeah. You can't yeah. see mine. Mine's on my finger. I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, handy. I don't know. It's just like the weird things you end up with. You're like, how did this happen? happen <laughs> mm-hmm. I think and, mine has expanded my style really like I feel like mm. I was always a very neutral black like kind of person and now my living room is a uh, bright green mm-hmm. with orange <laughs> and yellow furniture and you know I've always loved mid-century but now I kind of lean more like eclectic mid-century 70s kind of mm-hmm. style. It's evolved. Yeah. It's not yeah. changed. Mm-hmm. It's evolved. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think I would have ever had bright green walls before. Um, but I love <laughs> them so much. So it's I think so that's cute. what it's kind of changed. Yeah. 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 Mine has definitely been like the accidental collections. Same. Which yeah. are, for some fucking reason it's dumb wax candles in animal form yeah that's been your newest <laughs> i don't one. know how that happened <laughs> because they're such one. stupid little idiots they're so cool yeah. they're yes, a different form of little stupid idiots. little idiot thanks guys little stupid little idiots is like maybe the majority of my design aesthetic um mm-hmm. yeah and also like clutter core like when i first heard <laughs> clutter core i was like that is it like uh-huh. maximalism clutter core you're like, like that's my person yeah, yeah. jill and jasmine are yeah. a pair and then there's you and me that were like yeah. where's that box i had four days ago yeah. i mean yeah yeah no i i don't know my i know my collection collecting has changed because i have more brass animals than i thought i would yeah. ever own mm-hmm. <laughs> Because yeah, you just don't know what's out there until you get no, into and this it's just world. like so and you're like, cool. I'm doing it all the time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and it's like, oh, well, and then it's like mm-hmm. brass, and then it's like five dollars. So then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I have to get this. Well, it's five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> so who knows home. what it would end up being if I don't purchase this? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let me tell you, dude. Uh, hot, hot tip. Brass sells on Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace, like hotcakes, especially the figurines, dude. Like it sells for like 10 to 
$30, like all day, every day. So she's like, damn it. <laughs> Time to turn the lights on, Jill. People like the graph. <laughs> yeah, people do. It's, yeah, it's cool. Just, we, I sell a lot of brass. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Ass, gas, or brass. Nobody writes for free. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Can we make that a bumper stick? Please, I'll put that on my I'll throw that bitch on my car. Ask, gas, or brass. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> or should I say ass, glass, or brass? Yeah, yeah that's probably it. that. That's mm-hmm. the one. We'll take payment in, in glass for sure. <laughs> Four easy payments for sure. of brass animals, please. <laughs> I know. I need a tiger now. That's my... um. Oh, that's what I'm looking for. I think I have a tiger. Oh, shit. I might be a plug. I'll have to figure this out later. <laughs> the brass plug? <laughs> <laughs> the connect on the, mm-hmm. the you brass. Your I think there's up. one on the shelf over there. I don't remember. There was a lion. a lion. Oh, it's a lion. It was a lion. It sold already. I'm sorry. But I saw okay. your brass unicorn the other day. I just sold one of those the other day for like $25. <sighs> so I was like. Yep. I did not pay that for it, Jill. Don't get your hopes up. No, I didn't think you did because <laughs> you paid five dollars. No, I. That's the like, thing, though. Like, I feel like for our own stuff, we are like so thrifty. You super, know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. it like, has to I'm be like. I would like not. No, I can't. Even though I really, really want something like um, a woman was selling uh, one of the geometric pyrex bowls the dot ones mm. it was beautiful oh, yeah. the bigger bowl and it was she wanted 70 for it and i kept going back and forth mm-hmm. and then i was like no i just can't it goes against everything in me yeah to spend yeah that. it just like mm-hmm. really hurt like it hurts like the thrift in me mm-hmm. yeah that's what we've always done like talking about going around the house and talking about like thrifted gifted and new mm-hmm. and how few of the things that i buy are new and yeah. i feel like if I'm buying it from someone off eBay, like that's not thrifted. It's not new, but it's not thrifted either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I like to thrift my stuff, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so like come it brings more it joy the to the things. Yeah. 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 Yes, I guess exactly. It makes them more special. And that's where my, like my line is, right? If I see something in the wild that I see a lot of and it's expensive, I will pass it all the time. But on the other hand, if I see mm-hmm. something in the wild that I never see, yeah, yeah, and it's a little out of what I then like, I kick myself for not buying that yeah. Washington Santa in right. Los Angeles because I didn't really know the price points of them at the time, right? Yeah, and in my thrifty brain, I was like, "That's too much," and now I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, f." Now that you know the mm-hmm. value, you're like, "Yeah, I'm never going to see those again." I got you. This is true. Yeah. We have a. What's this funny about what's happened in our friendship too? Is we will all find shit and be like, "Yeah, I want that." So now we just have stuff of the other person's in our <laughs> house that like we wait to ship off. Yeah. Our yeah, boxes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wish we could sit and talk for a million more years. I'll just talk to you after this. I was going to say, that, I mean, for the show. For the show. You just have to come <laughs> back again. Yeah. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there we go. Uh, before we get into today's tortuous estate sale yeah, walkthrough. I thought we were going to skip that today. <sighs> Not today. Not today. <laughs> I like kind of forgot. Okay. Here's the scary thing, though. Ladies, she doesn't have anything written. It's improv today. So it's going to be worse. Painful. Mm, this is going to make me angry. It's, it's fine. Mm. I love you so much. Just know I love you both so much. 
I'm going to have a lot of regret. It's fine. Sam's just like (laughs) hiding in my jumpsuit now. Um, (laughs) Before we get into it, where can everybody find y'all? Oh, so many places. We have Instagram at Corkscrew Curio. We are on Facebook as Corkscrew Curiosities. We are on TikTok as at Corkscrew Curio. We have an Etsy under Corkscrew Curiosities. (laughs) And our website is CorkscrewCurio.com. And Kyla is the technical. She's the actual person. Kyla is true. <laughs> Kyla's phone was falling and the video cut off. <laughs> We're having perfect difficulties. Maybe she's trying to dip out. She doesn't want the estate to walk through. She's like, How <laughs> she's like, I oh well, I uh, what? I got going go. through a tunnel. Actually, have an appointment. Uh, We'll be sure to have all of those links, of course, on our website, themothballprophecies.com. We always use little button links so you can just click on everything and see where it's at. Um, And now it's time to end the friendship. Solidify our friendship. (laughs) All right. Today, we are going to a place I want to go if I ever visit your neck of the woods. No, when we go visit. Is those indoor gigantic flea markets yeah. and outside oh, Jesus. things. Okay. <laughs> we have our snacks. We have woken up early. Sorry for Jill and Jasmine. Kyla and I are dying. We don't want to be up this early. I was like, I get up early all the time. What are you talking, talking about? about? <laughs> you two are fine. Kyla and I are in the back seat. This is why Jasmine and I are the same person. Out. Yeah, dragging <laughs> out. Jasmine and I are already like down the, the road. <laughs> We're like, we've had two coffees. Uh, yeah. Why aren't you guys We're good up? to go. We're banging on this day started like seven hours ago. I do enjoy when we go on Marco. It's me and Jasmine. Talking for, and then like you guys will like trickle in. I always am <laughs> yeah, delighted yeah. when I beat Jasmine to Marco Polo. I'm like, yes, I, <laughs> they're in the future oh, though. Gosh. So, listen though, I woke up at 8 30 this morning unprompted and totally fine. So, nice. good job, progress. Proud good job, I'm proud of you. I'm proud, Luna. Stop trying to like drop my camera everywhere. Quit stop it, Luna. it. So, we are we're headed in, uh, we're walking as briskly as possible. We walk into the first building and notice several things off the bat at the first booth that make all of us pee a little bit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Set (laughs) on top of the table kind of precariously are two very important things. One is an antique porcelain phrenology bust. (laughs) Both of their faces. Both of their faces just immediately like, I hate you. The next is an antique... 19th century last rites kit that is complete silver gold jewels holy shit both are antiques Uh, which are you picking jasmine (laughs) listen i know my answer already i think i know kyla's answer but my answer uh it's difficult because I would want to keep either one of those things mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I feel like the bust would display better, but mm-hmm. the last rights kit, that's it. The last rights kit for sure. It's just it's I think so, it's so beautiful. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. I, and that's, I mean, main, mainly because the one we saw recently, that was so cool. Mm-hmm. I think they had it priced at 200 at that estate mm-hmm. sale, which is like fair, but like, was not in my range. Yeah. But we got some good pictures of it and yeah. it was amazing. Mm-hmm. The phrenology stuff for me, like 
we okay we might want to cut this or not i don't know but phrenology has like a really fucked up history uh phrenology was like largely used for uh profiling how uh like people of color and indigenous people Mm -hmm. like looked their facial structures their bone structure um and taking that and making it bad and like making the european white standard uh face essentially Mm. like meaning things were good um so phrenology and i like have a i used to love the stuff and then i started learning about a little more of the history and i was like no it looks so cool i wasn't aware of that i wasn't either i wasn't aware of that yeah interesting and i've i've gotten books that will like kind of have um like examples and all of the like bad shapes and bad like examples of people are are non-white people essentially so yeah. it's a whole it's a whole thing that ju- it was just whack science mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they tried to use to justify racism. garbage behavior yeah. right racism yeah. So that, but I remember when I was younger and those first started becoming really popular, like the repros of them, I wanted one so bad that I was just like, going to lose my mind, but yeah, they're pretty. They are beautiful. (laughs) They are. That makes my uh, decision easier than, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, I was fighting over the last part. (laughs) But this is good to know, right? It's a good to know with this that happens with lots of vintage and antiques. It does. Right? Yeah. It does. That get it a, does. a yeah. pretty uh, description, but the history gets mm-hmm. shitty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Next booth we are going to. This one is geared a little bit more towards Miss Kyla. Oh, phew. Okay. Ooh. But it's for everybody has to answer it. You know, I know. But the okay, fact right. that it's more for her just makes it. Okay. I'm sorry, I Kyla. I love you so y'all. much. But <laughs> the next booth is filled with it's always the booth at the flea market that just has the weird stuff in it that very few people stop at, but we love. Yeah. Behind the man running the booth is one particular item that is on the list. And it is a faux wet specimen alien lava lamp. <laughs> Listen though, I'm following so many of those on eBay. Right okay. <laughs> oh God, I need it. The next oh, no. object oh, in the same pair is a lot of four handmade pottery pots, just with the dumbest faces. One is a yarn oh pot God. with the hole that comes out. The <laughs> other one has a big nose and face and ears with some clay hair. And the third one is just a, like the Beetlejuice tiny head guy handmade. You know, none of our you friends know, are ever going to come on this that's, show again. Good. Just so you that's know. That's too many things. Too many things. So you have Oh, the, God. You have the choice. <sighs> Shit, I, I definitely, I, I, it's definitely the alien. Um, only because I, <laughs> I already have some face pottery. <laughs> I like, I have this stupid fucking mug. Oh my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Actually I can go get that or I'll give you guys a picture of it. It's like this Please stupid do. mug. It's like this big and it has like this long nose and mm-hmm. he's making this face that is just like so good. I got it on an auction. Um, so, but Yeah. The alien for sure, because I I have to have one of those, yeah, and they are like three hundred dollars and shit. Like oh, it's crazy. Yeah, the yeah. alien love lamp thing was like. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're 
They're so cool, though. It's this so alien cool. with Kyla so cool. and trumps everything else. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. If, it, if it's like true vintage alien. With the nose. Oh, yeah. It's, yes. It's, I'll, I'll, yeah, I will. But I'll also show you all Show it here. It's what inspired <laughs> <laughs> The tissues come out of his nose. Her nose. Their nose. I love it. So I much. know. It's so good. It's incredible. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. I love that. And then I finally got my apothecary jar up the other day, which I was also really excited about. This one. Yes. I love it. We've actually been decorating, which has been exciting. Nice job. <laughs> Jasmine, of those two, those items, which would you pick? It is hard because I like all of those things. But I think the pottery faces, just because I love ridiculousness mm-hmm. like my favorite quality in a vintage or antique item is the ridiculousness level and the higher the better really mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so oh yeah, yeah for sure jill for the sure. pottery easily oh not a fan of the aliens not I just a don't need one no i am a believer <laughs> i just don't want to piss them i don't want to piss off word. the aliens uh, when they come and visit and they'll be like why do you have that And i'll be like uh because you know it's super cool but i don't really mean to take your children and do this uh-huh you got a whole backstory i for do this. that's yeah i yeah. understand the reasoning um yeah i feel like maybe if i just have them all over my house they'll know that i love them already so or you'll want to capture them just saying uh, don't worry <laughs> i will fight for you kyla i will just be like, be like thank I you anything like that why are you stereotyping <laughs> uh, right exactly that is not what we look like how dare you all right what are you going for sam uh 100 the pottery i love the alien lava lamp also but stupid little idiots. i know on pottery my that's is fine just... i just don't have to argue with anyone <laughs> it's miraculous <laughs> he has three sets of these for us Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. really perfect. I honestly. mean, it's it's a lot, so you could share it, right? You know, sure. mm-hmm. okay. those are hard decisions amongst yourselves, though. Yeah, <laughs> there's just quite a lot behind the scenes when the cameras are off. <laughs> okay, Jasmine, this one is geared towards you. Ha-ha. The next booth we come to is filled with, of course, the thing that is closest to your heart, which is music. <laughs> Behind the cashier. I really enjoyed our friendship, guys. It was nice. (laughs) Behind our dear friends here, we see something that not very many people would recognize off of the bat. And the title of it is The Foolish Frog. And it is sheet music in the booklet by Pete Seeger and Uh his brother. I can feel the hate coming. It's it's a little far away. So it's by uh, Pete Seeger and Charles Seeger. Okay, it is first edition unopened, still inside of the plastic, or (laughs) a Dolly Parton vinyl that is unopened (sighs) and signed by her, with the title track being Jolene. What? Oh my god! Which? Wow! Are you choosing? Jasmine, what did you do to piss her off? Became my friend. I don't know. This is how I show I my love. I thought we were friends. God. Um, I can't do this well, to new people. They don't get it. I'm going <laughs> to run up and grab them both and steal them and run is what I'm going to do. But no, <laughs> I feel really torn Pepper because I, I love Dolly. <laughs> I love Dolly so much. She's the queen of everything. Um, but I have a Pete Seeger tattoo, so I feel like a pull. 
and an obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have an item that's signed by Pete Seeger. Josh got it for me one year oh, and wow. I love it. Um, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to say just cause it's like signed the Dolly Parton record. That's hard. Mm-hmm. I'm regretting it. Can I change my answer? Oh, definitely Dolly. I, I am, I'm not as familiar with Pete, Pete Seeger. Don't look at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I love Dolly music in the shop for the next. Yes. I, I've yes. I'll, I'm super <laughs> into that idea, <laughs> but I, I love Dolly and a signed vinyl by doll. I mean, that's, it's a big deal. Holy shit. I mean, yeah. it's Dolly. Yeah. It's Dolly. Jill? Dolly. Right. Mm. I can't. I'm going to get the pizza or give it to Jasmine. Oh, that's sweet of you because I'm an asshole. Yeah. Ah. I win. I end up winning. <laughs> you, you got a safe loophole. I'll share my that's a, with That's you a good too, one. Kinda. Oh, <laughs> thank you. So kind. All right. The last one is more of like a time travel y um, kind of question, mm. right? So we're going to get in the time machine. But before we decide where yeah. we go back to, we got to choose. Oh, boy. Do you choose to go back to the production line and planning of Furby or the production <laughs> line and planning for Stretch Armstrong? Only what? so we can ask important <laughs> questions as to what they were thinking. I have to lighten the mood at the very end after those brutal questions. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I don't know where my jersey Furby is. If you could go oh, back yes. and do a little butterfly effect on those two toys, which one are you going back to? I think Furby. Because what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. why? I, I what? Had why? Um, and I loved it until it like legit started talking after the batteries were dead. Mm-hmm. But why? Mm-hmm. Nightmares. Nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm. I don't like what's mm-mm. the goal. I had a friend in uh, my hometown who probably had like a dozen and they would like talk to each other and talk uh-huh. to her and like, cause she collected them for a long time and uh, they were horrifying. She also like got one at a yard sale one time and it like cussed for like, I, tried. I don't know. I don't know how they taught that. <laughs> for hours screaming the F word at my Furby and it never repeated it. Yeah. The, the Furby was after my time. Mm-hmm. So which one are you picking, Jill? The Stretch Armstrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. I'm old, okay? Is that no, what we're I, going with here? I'm also choosing Stretch Armstrong, <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> because I want to know what the testing of Stretch for her. <laughs> what were they doing? Was it two people holding it? Did they attach it to a vice? How did I, they decide the innards? What were they doing? What was research and development like for that toy? (laughs) Yeah, I just, I just imagine somebody sitting and be like, you know, it'd be like really useful right now if something just would stretch to like almost nothing. Why can't we have that? But not break. Yeah. The kids would love that. Then they smack each other with it. it. Yeah. And then you like swing Mm -hmm. it around. Yeah. I want to know if they covered the topics of like somebody cutting it open to see what's inside. 
was it, did they talk about toxicness or did they still not care then? No, I'm pretty sure they still did not care. <laughs> okay. They probably did <laughs> not That's a newer yeah. development. They wouldn't care now if somebody didn't force them to care. This right. is true. Very true. This yeah. is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Furbies were fun. I had Furbies and they did the same thing. They were in a tote under my bed and they, I just heard Furby hungry. And then like the butt thing that they would move up and down with just like, absolutely not. <laughs> and I was like, See, I don't like shit. Like, ah. Uh, I don't like it. People are worried about Robert the doll, but they just had Furbies in their house. No, well, uh, <laughs> Elmo was popular with my children. The and, tickle. And mm. Elmo would come mm. on at the mm-hmm. middle of the night. Oh, the laugh. Giggling. Mm. Oh, Elmo. No, no, I'm like, no, no. no. Yeah. Absolutely we covered not. everything today. Nightmares. Yeah, we were in the band <laughs> with that one. thank you both for being our friends and for loving on us and i am tremendously proud of all you two have accomplished in the short time that we have known you and so much good things coming your guys' way just like the proudest little moms we love you both so much you guys cannot wait to squeeze you two in real life (laughs) love you love you love you i can't wait have a wonderful Sunday. I hope you sell so much shit this week and you find some good stuff under the tables. Hell yeah. Mm. Oh, yes. Always. Always. (laughs) To hear even more about some of the things we talk about today with Jasmine and Kyla, stick around for this week's Curio Corner. I was so just excited and everything to sit back down with Jasmine and Kyla. But this week on the Curio Corner, we have another special guest. (gasps) Who is it? It's Gray! Oh, no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> it is. It's Gray, and I'm happy that you're here. Jill is vacationing for a belated birthday weekend in the wilderness, so watch out for bears. That sounds awesome, actually. I don't think the bears are up yet where she's at. Probably not, but, you know. You uh, never be too careful. Yeah, exactly. No. Watch out for the moose. The moose is oh, yeah, at least some of those. Oh, those things are terrifying. Oh, yeah. Enormous. Not a chance. Do you want to hear a story time since we talked about a moose? A hundred percent. My grandpa, okay, was a butthole, like as a child. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. I'm not uh, disparaging the dead. Um, <laughs> he just did whatever he wanted to, mm-hmm. and he had gone out hunting with his father, mm-hmm. and they were in the Idaho wilderness, and they had his gun... Like a twenty-two, his grand, his father's twenty-two, and then mm-hmm. some other artillery. Well, my grandfather saw a moose earlier in the day and was like, "I am going to kill this moose." And his dad said, "You cannot kill that moose with the guns that we have with us. Mm-hmm. It will not work." Mm-hmm. My grandfather was like, "Yeah, right, Dad. Watch me." So once <laughs> his father had fallen asleep, yeah, okay. he snuck away with the twenty-two. Oh, jeez, and went out. Into the wilderness. Trying to get saw, himself killed. Yeah, and it was a bull moose. God. Sees the bull moose at, I don't know, maybe 100 feet, yeah. right? Lines up his shot, fires one off, and it hits the moose directly in the middle of its forehead. Because I don't know if anybody listening has encountered a moose. They are afraid of nothing. They are yeah. the definition of fuck around and find out <laughs> animal. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And... He shot the moose right in the middle of that, and the bullet just bounced off. Maybe took a little hide. Mm -hmm. And the moose charged my grandfather (laughs) and treated him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Treat him 
My grandfather, of course, abandoned his father's twenty-two. Mm-hmm. The moose trampled it, mm-hmm. just destroyed it, yep. and kept my grandfather in that tree overnight. Jeez. Oh, and my grandfather would try to come down, and then the moose would come charging right back, like was just like not leaving the area. Right. Reminds me of the movie Tremors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of the first bodies they found was the dude, dude climbed yes. up on the power pole. Yeah. So that was he was treed overnight. Um, he eventually the moose uh, rescinded and left, and he got down and had to take the mangled twenty two rifle back to his father, who was not pleased. And uh, yeah, he, he didn't learn a lesson. He continued to fuck with one and have things happen to him. So watch out for moose wherever you are. Damn that boy! He was lucky. Oh yeah. Good lord. Yeah, they were always getting into trouble because when they when he grew up here, it was still incredibly rural. I mean, it's still rural, but yeah, yeah. But now it's it's something completely different too. It's like yeah. it's like you, you talk to anybody these days. It's like, hey, remember boredom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like no. Mm-hmm. Remember when you didn't have like an electronic device that yeah. could be with you all day long, mm-hmm. and you had to like go outside and try to duck call with blades of grass. I never figured it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know that. But I, I do remember exploring a lot of abandoned buildings and things growing up. In my well, town. okay, because so you, you grew up in Michigan and Arizona. Arizona. Right? All right. So you're you're exploring abandoned places where there's like scorpions and tarantulas. Sure, maybe. But I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of buildings. Usually it would like... When there's an abandoned building, it's like everyone knows about it, and it's yeah. not exactly remote, and exa- mm-hmm. not exactly getting overrun by a wildlife or something like that. <laughs> but like, it's only a matter of time just before they tear it down. So oh, it's okay. usually like empty, and there's like, like, yeah, that's that's about as far as I can. I don't know. That was the only thought that really came to mind. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't encounter anything like, you know. No, no, no. The worst thing we had to pretty much be scared of at that point was security guards <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> not, not no, no scorpions or bears or anything like that we did used to camp out okay so as, as a young teenager lived right next to an enormous field right mm-hmm. on the edge of some suburbs um and this field went on for ever right um right. so in a, about a mile and a half in there's this gully that leads to a small watering hole for cattle and things like okay. that there would be coyotes and things like that that would also go there antelope just a, several different forms Road of wildlife runners. yeah yeah exactly so at at most like coyotes are very skittish you don't really have to worry about them so this field yeah this little watering hole out in the middle of this field uh, we used to go camp there there all the only thing there was the watering hole and like a small shore and a tree um it was it's a very weird and unique spot, but we used to go camping out there. We'd just take a tent or two um, when we were like 13 years old and go set up a tent underneath the tree, you know, far enough from the water line that we wouldn't roll roll into it in the <laughs> night, right? Something yeah. like that. But we'd have a bonfire or a small fire, a campfire and stuff like that, and just bring a boom box with... <laughs> The best. With, 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 you know, however many big-ass C batteries, you know, to power it for eight hours or whatever. Right. I did. Well, the and well, batteries, they didn't last that long back then. No. Like, with a radio. No, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, boomboxes used a lot, so it would be just be blasting music all night. 
but we never had to worry. We never had like coyotes come around or anything, but there, we did wake up often and there were just cattle like kind of standing around the watering hole on the other side, like glaring at us. Like what the fuck's going on over there? Why are you guys, uh, what is- who invited you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you sure you're in the right neighborhood? Not like in a, in a menacing way, but they're like, cows have the most judgmental eyes when they're nervous. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> Why are you so close to my fence? Why are you in a tent? Yeah, exactly. It remi- mm-hmm. does remind me, of, though, I, I kind of wish there were like video cameras and things like back then, or if I brought a guitar or something like that. Because mm-hmm. now you see videos of apparently cattle just love music. They do. So, so you can see videos of oh, like a, a woman singing beautifully next to a field, or like some dude playing guitar, and it, all these cattle come running over to see what's up, what's happening, what is this business. It's beautiful. Is this for us? Yeah. Is this for us? Yeah, exactly. Our Apparently, they make a great great audience. They do. Do you want to hear something embarrassing that I don't think I have ever shared ever in my whole born days? Absolutely. So I've always just, you know, in my brain existed as the main character, like since <laughs> childhood. Just oh, like, yeah. this is me. My mom used to sew dolls and we would drive them out to Blackfoot to drop them off like fabric creations mm-hmm. and whatnot. We would go out to this place and... um Rose, not Blackfoot, but like Rose, the tiny, tiny little area by Firth. And we would drive way out in the country and it was to somebody who had a ranch, a cattle farm. Mm -hmm. And my mom would go in and do business. And of course, at that time in your life, like nobody's watching you. And so I went to the fence where the cows were Mm -hmm. and stood on the fence and just started singing into the field. And like all these cows started to come up. And then I thought I was like having my Disney princess moment. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then i and it was just some song i made up i don't think i was even singing anything and oh. then my mom yelled at me from the front of the house where are you <sighs> then i had to go she couldn't hear you singing <laughs> sang to the cows that's beautiful thanks that's a beautiful moment animals are fantastic They're the, the only similar kind of similar story i guess i have to that is just i was about 18 or 19 i was living with this family and just kind of sleeping on their couch but they had a uh, a dog and a uh, a piano and everybody was out of the house one day and I kind of always wanted to learn how to play piano. So I would just mess with it whenever, every chance I got basically. Mm-hmm. And so the house was empty and the dog was just kind of hanging out with me and I started playing the piano and just got on this little loop of this small, a few bars of, of music that I just felt fun, mm-hmm. good to play, I guess. And the dog just kind of started howling along with me as I was playing. I love that. Yeah. That is my Disney princess moment and my own main character <laughs> moment, right? Like this is, yeah. that was definitely one of the highlights of my life. Oh. Dogs are social creatures. Uh, all, mm-hmm. Most animals are social creatures, right? Yeah. So it's kind of when you actually get to share a moment between yourself and another species like that, like mm-hmm. with the emotion involved, that's pretty wild. That's, it's uh, so beautiful unique. too. Well, and I, yeah, I love when animals do something like that too, where it's just this like symbiotic moment, right? Mm -hmm. That you can't make happen. It just happens. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I love when dogs howl to music. It's so sweet. Yeah. It's so sweet. Um, I guess growing up in Arizona too, we may have had experiences like some people, which is with UFOs. We of course talked about some alien stuff in that brutal, uh, estate sale walkthrough. Mm hmm. And I don't collect any alien things, but I have seen a UFO. Oh, yeah? Over okay. Fort Hall. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you ever seen anything? 
in the night skies. <laughs> let's, let's talk about what your experience is great. Um, no, so I haven't <laughs> seen. I have seen at least one. So, um, so I grew up basically on Star Trek: Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that was kind of even ch- tangentially related to things that happened on that show in real life, I was I was all for right. <laughs> so right. Um, early on, did I, I used to watch every freaking like conspiracy show or anything that had to do with any kind of paranormal happenings and things like that like just all kinds of sci-fi stuff as well Mm -hmm. i was always scared that i wouldn't get to experience anything right Mm -hmm. (laughs) like either 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 paranormal or or uh extraterrestrial yeah see a ufo or anything like that but Mm -hmm. there was a time when i was i think i was it was around the same time of that, that that the you know the the dog howling along with me, but so it was around that same time. I was nineteen or twenty, um, living with this family, and I was in my room playing video games. And then somebody came in and got me because they were on the back deck, like barbecuing and just shooting the shit. And they pointed to a light in the distance uh, that had been acting pretty funky. Mm. Uh, so I I kind of sat with them and was like, oh shit. They're like, you should get your camera. I was like, I should get my camera. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I was a budding cinematographer and had spent uh, two grand or whatever on this super nice camera at the time. This was right before the explosion of HD video, right? So it was uh, super nice at the time. Bummer deal. Yeah. But that's actually, hey, the same camera that I used to film your wedding, <gasps> as a matter of fact. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So. Oh. So I went and got my camera. Um, Captivated. Yeah, exactly. My buddy, he's like, well, let's go follow it. <laughs> so let's try to find it. So I filmed it for a few minutes and then we hopped in his car. We drove 20 miles into town towards these lights and um, stopped and kind of filmed it for a little bit. And then it just kind of faded away. So what it was doing, it the, the, the light was doing some pretty funky movements, like some some <laughs> something mm-hmm. that... You don't see modern aircraft do, at least. Yeah. You know, um, but it was basically, so it was just after dusk, it was dark, right? And you just, you could see the stars, but in the, in the night sky, you could see this, this one light, it just kind of kept moving back and forth along this mountain range. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it would just shoot up like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and because we drove 20 miles towards it and didn't really change position, it was pretty freaking far. So we could see this from a v- v- pretty extensive distance away. But anyways, like it, so the lights, it would, it would literally just kind of move back and forth very slowly, covering the course of maybe two or three miles in the sky, right? Like laterally, left and right. Yeah. And then sometimes it would just shoot down and just hover for a minute and then start going. And this is well before like uh, commercial drones, like outside of the military. Oh yeah, this is this is this is before Elon Musk and Starlink, because that's <laughs> yeah. been linked to some sightings. Yeah, right? exactly. It's funny because your story is kind of similar to mine, in the sense of the light thing. So mm-hmm. I was playing roller derby at the time, and roller derby was in Pocatello, Mantha right? Tank. At the time, yeah, Mantha Tank. That was me. And uh, I loved every minute of it, but then I almost tore my rotator cuff and I was building my hairdressing career and it was mm-hmm. like, mm, roller derby doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. I can't cripple myself at 22. Yeah. Um, 
So I carpooled with somebody from Idle Falls, another person that was skating. And it was in the summer and we drove her BMW convertible to practice, mm, which that long on the highway freeway is a lot um, mm-hmm. with the top down. But we went to practice. It was in the summer. So it was like long days, right? And it was practice was at, I think, three or four in the afternoon on a Sunday. So we go down, we have a couple hours of practice, and then we're headed back to Idaho Falls. Now, when you go through Fort Hall, the cell phone service dips to almost nothing. It doesn't matter who your provider is, gone. <coughs> and we were headed towards Idaho Falls, so we were headed north on I-15. And there's kind of a point when you kind of come up a little bit above Fort Hall, and then you level back down into the valley. Mm-hmm. And there is overcast skies and it's also kind of dusk. And there's a, that, you know, that low hanging, low pressure system of clouds mm-hmm. that, you know, you can see the city and then the clouds and then the rest of the sky. And so we're coming and I'm like fixated on this cloud formation. And then all of a sudden I see these three lights. I see one larger one in the middle that's red and two on the outside that are also red, but smaller, right? But from like me to the sky, which is arguably four miles, right? Because where we live, you can see for literally 20 miles. Mm -hmm. And it was like in the sky, three inches across. And I was like, that's gigantic. Whatever that is. And it was falling to the clouds. Like it was above the cloud system. And it was falling so quickly. I started to panic because I was like, there's going to be this a plane crash right over this town. It's falling and it's rapid. I mean, and then it hits that cloud bank and never comes through the other side. And it's falling at like hundreds of feet a second. Holy shit. Whoa. Hits the cloud bank and never comes out the other side. Never. And I watched it for at least three or four miles on the stretch of freeway. And it felt never broke through. And I kept turning around in the car to look back through the clouds. Right. And I never saw it again. And I just was like, I, there's no like aircraft or anything that I had ever seen that I could have linked that to, to been like, oh, it was just, and the only things that fall straight down like that are helicopters. And it was not a helicopter at all. Yeah. So that was my like weird, I guess UFO, because I have no idea what it was. Sighting. Right. Jeez, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. So now like when I drive through, I'm like, hello. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you and I both listen to a lot of last podcast. Oh, yeah. And they, of course, have covered all sorts of uh, different instances of paranormal extraterrestrial, especially around indigenous cultures yeah. and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's actually, I'll say, actually, you mentioning that made me think of this. Um, So, how I got into podcasts was not because of a podcast, but that a a radio show was released kind of in podcast form. And Mm -hmm. that was Coast to Coast AM. (gasps) Yes. Which most... Art Bell? Yeah. yeah. Well, at the time, it was George Norrie, mostly, Mm. and George Knapp um, would host on weekends and... But um, it was so. But they had a huge backlog of episodes, including those with um, Art Bell and things like that. But so you could basically subscribe for a certain amount of money per month or whatever, and you could 
you could have access to the archives Whoa. of this and download as many, you know, and these are four hour episodes that they do every single night. Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> I was working at a TV station at the time around the time I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I was really, it was really probably one of the first things I ever paid for online. Um, especially subscribe to like but backlog of coast to coast is a pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, the, <clears throat> this show has been around for like 20 years at this point. Um, you know, in the, and we're sitting in the mid two thousands. So it's like, they have literally thousands upon thousands of shows. So and those, 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 those shows are four hour blocks or four, one hour blocks. So they'd, they'd offer them an MP3 form. Right. So I just download, listen to them all like, uh, through my shift at work, right? Because my, my, my work was largely independent and a lot of it was automated. Uh-huh. So it was basically, I just had to pay attention and make sure so, that, <laughs> make sure that yeah, the TV station was still on the air and everything. <laughs> but other than that, like I'm just listening to not paying attention because I mean, the TV show is trash, but like this yep. is, this is coast to coast AM. <laughs> this is, this is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was like a call in. Like people would call in mm-hmm. right, to talk some about crazy they stories, had experienced. Mm-hmm. And well, and they had interviews with with different people, um, uh, of all the, from all different walks of life. Like George Norrie always kind of gave everybody a place to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, crazy people with credentials, I would say. The f- my introduction to podcasts mm-hmm. in general because it was a radio show, but I mean that's all a podcast is is just a radio show, right? Right. Um, just not necessarily on the radio. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's interesting. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Uh, I remember the first time I heard Coast to Coast AM. I was I worked rotating shifts at a retirement home. Mm-hmm. And I would get off at midnight and then have to drive home mm-hmm. to Shelly. And I remember scanning, you know, at the time there was like nothing on the radio. And I remember scanning the AM channels and landing on that for the first time. And it just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. There's some, yeah. There's some crazy stuff on that show. There's some mm-hmm. crazy people on that show. Yes. Um, but it was incredibly entertaining. Oh, yeah. So, so fun. So fun to listen to. I love listening to fucking crazy people because i'm i'm definitely crazy right it's not a it's not a new thing right to have no, people exactly. who wholly believe in something for mm-hmm. it to be bullshit yeah absolutely well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, if the, the last half decade has taught, taught us anything for sure right I mean, yeah Ugh. and the the biggest surprise for me during this episode was when kyla um brought up the important note about phrenology Mm-hmm. And the yes. pseudoscience of skull shapes, right? Right. I was, it was a blind spot for me. Um, and so I wanted to include a little bit about phrenology, but I do highly recommend, and I will have this linked on the website, is an episode, there's a, I think it was one or two um, episodes, I listened to it right after we recorded, and it's by the podcast Behind the Bastards. And there are episodes dedicated to phrenology. And this podcast does a great job in breaking down ideas or cults or certain things about our world and the histories behind them and thoroughly hashes them out. Um, on the phrenology episode, he actually has a phrenology expert that he is like almost actively debunking while they are mm-hmm. speaking, which I mm-hmm. enjoyed. That's awesome. Um, for those of you, on, this it comes from Medical News Today only because it was the most succinct and not, I mean, phrenology spans 
a hundred years, right? 18th and 19th mm-hmm. centuries. Mm-hmm. So this was the most succinct way to kind of get the point across here in the Curio Corner. So some thinkers and physicians of the 18th and 19th centuries, they believed that the shape of a person's skull could hold clues as to their psychology, which really was just deeply steeped in racism and sexism Mm. and elitism. Mm. Um, In the 18th century, there was a new science that started to amass interest in Europe called phrenology. The science, which has been long since discredited, held an experienced phrenologist would be able to tell what a person's personal psychological inclinations and personality traits were just by feeling the shape of their skull. Okay. The person who first popularized this notion was physician Franz Joseph Gall and the Gall of it all. Really? Mm -hmm. He believed that the shape of a person's brain held clues as to their personality and that it would also influence the shape of their skull. This was a huge factor, especially as we were getting into the abolishment of slavery, they were grasping at straws to try and figure out a way to make uh, black Africans still be like, oh yeah, no, they can still be slaves by using phrenology as a basis of their worth, knowledge, and all of that, which is fucking terrible. Um, He did not refer to the science as phrenology. That term came later in the 1800s by a British physician. But it was Gall who suggested that the basis for this science, and he wrote, the possibility of distinguishing some of the dispositions and propensities of an individual by the shape of the head and skull. Gall believed not only that the uh, shape of the skull held clues to someone's predispositions, in quotes, but also that each area of the brain was linked to a different characteristic. He also thought that the brain had multiple organs inside of it that were deciding factors in how a human would behave which is garbage. Um, Some of the other faculties that Gall described it included the instinct of generation, reproduction, or propagation, pride or loftiness and elevation, the memory of things, so how somebody could recall information, talent for painting, talent for music, faculty of relations to numbers, talents of theology and spoken language. And this goes into, this article continues to go into his uh, basis for what he thought he had discovered as a medical science. But this is where the racist and sexist implications come in. Although the ideas of phrenology put forth may have been fascinating at the time, and although the pseudoscience did contribute to some real scientific progress in understanding how the brain works, but not greatly, right? Basis of Mm -hmm. it, not a lot of it. It also contributed to solidifying some discriminatory discriminatory notions. For one, phrenology held that men and women's skulls and therefore their brains and mental capacities were vastly different. Phrenology's relationship with women was a double-edged sword. On one hand, historians note that this science was more open to women practitioners than most of the scientific fields in the 19th century, which tended to be all but exclusive to men. At the same time, however, phrenological uh, treatises emphasized ways in which women's skulls allegedly differed from men, only to claim this was due to certain qualities inherent to women that were not naturally present in men. So there's that beginning, not the beginning, but the continuation of that patriarchal bullshit mm-hmm. that, you know, women are less than, right? Um, which is just garbage. It's all garbage. Um, a historian, Dr. Carla Battelle, went on to say men were distinguished by their firmness, force, self-esteem, 
courage, combativeness, and deconstructiveness. Women were known for exquisiteness, emotion, susceptibility, and devotion to offspring, as well as their secrecy, artifice, and nervousness. So, garbage. <laughs> um, in the 19th century, for instance, Charles Caldwell used phrenological studies to support slavery. He claimed that individuals of African origin were unequal to Caucasians in their mental constitution, based only on the shape of their skull. Trigger warning, this gets bad. They also used it as justification to kill African people to study their skull in the name of phrenology, to use it as this was a way, they were just using it as a way to be fucking monsters and to continue being monsters, which is why we say constantly on this show, it is important to know the basis of your collection. Always. Yeah. And um, to know, like, phrenology was being used to oppress continually. Mm-hmm. Women, children, black people, other people of color, continually. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the problem of someone developing a an entire school of thought uh, that sounds reasonable or convincing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that that is able, in turn, to kind of um, bring support for that school of thought, even mm-hmm. if it's absolutely a either immoral or it has no uh, basis. Have no basis in reality mm-hmm. whatsoever. That's, yeah, it's 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 terrifying. Um, Incredibly, it, yeah, uh, it is. Um, uh, and it's not, it's not the first time, it's not the last time that things like that happen. I always say if somebody speaks in a way that you immediately agree with or you find uh, no fault in what they're mm-hmm. saying, that's a gigantic red flag. Sure, yeah. If somebody is so silver-tongued that they are uh, saying something to you that in your brain is setting off a little bit of like, oh, this seems kind of iffy, right? Yeah. Uh, chances are very much so. You know, people that want to continue to so hatred are going mm-hmm. to do so in a way that is served on uh, a beautiful dish for you mm-hmm. so you don't question it um and i will say also on that note i think it is highly problematic when people say that they are holding things in their spaces um because of history right mm. i'm i'm keeping this item i'm uh holding on to this i'm doing this of course i'm speaking about racist uh caricatures and other things like that right Mm-hmm. Uh, Nazi memorabilia, whatever. That was kind of what immediately came to mind, yeah. Yeah, when somebody says to me, oh, I keep these because of their history, because it's important that we know our history. Mm-hmm. While that is important, um, you as a collector, I'm not speaking to, obviously to anybody in general, but somebody as a collector, a normal layman of vintage and antiques, are doing the world no good withholding these items to teach history that you have no degree or knowledge in to teach fully in a way that is comprehensive to the people coming into your home. Or that you're just keeping it, you know, in your basement (laughs) alongside your other knickknacks and things like that. Like, no, you're just, you're just, you just keep propagating an idea and Mm -hmm. like maintaining something without the context that it needs to have in Mm -hmm. order to be a um, teachable um, relic. Yeah. You're using the post-it note of history as a plaque and there's a reason we have museums exactly right and and, exactly uh, formal teaching on either 
archaic ideas or atrocities or or just mm-hmm. different uh, schools of thought. It's like we we yes, history is important and we need to know those things. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people out there who hold on hold on to it for for a bullshit reason. That's, that's not the the same people that don't want real history taught in places. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Yeah, it is a yeah it's strange, a, frustrating subject for sure. Yeah, and it is one to be aware of inside of the uh, vintage community as well as mm-hmm. the oddities community, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's lots and lots and lots of things that are sold under the guise of ethically sourced this or that. We know mm-hmm. where it came from. When in reality, it is almost impossible to track things down to their original yeah uh, curator without. Mm-hmm. A paper trail or like a lineage trail. Anyways, that was my, there's my soapbox. Uh, always on the show, research it, figure out what it is, find out what Absolutely. it is. And if you do find something that is, um, belongs to either indigenous peoples or belongs to somebody of a different culture or ethnicity, um, do your best to figure out the channels to repatriate it appropriately. Mm. Um, Finding ethical sources that, you know, not just any museum is good. Some museums practice extremely unethical collecting and curation. Yep. And the internet is a wealth of knowledge, folks. And that is Mothball Soapbox Corner. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just a... I guess the thing is, is in an area that I grew up with, it's so small, right? Mm-hmm. These conversations did not happen. Yeah. I, had yeah. and continue to learn a lot of these things later in my life and mm-hmm. would like to help people across those uh, steps also in finding things out uh, about the world that maybe you are naive to is all. Absolutely. That's all. Thanks for sitting down for this one, Gray. I really appreciate it. I always enjoy it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm always glad to, to be a, uh, a part of this podcast, either in a big part or in a small part. The biggest part. <laughs> Without you. <laughs> if you are in the Henderson, Kentucky area and you would like to go in and see all of the wonderful things that our friends at Corkscrew Curiosity has in their shop, be sure to Google them when you're in the area. Of course, they also have a lot of things listed in the shop online as well. We will have all of those links listed on our website as well as tagged on Instagram. Cannot wait to visit that shop in person someday soon. Big love to them. So proud of both of them as always as always i hope you find some really good ethically sourced shit and be kind to each other oh that's a good one that's a good one. <laughs> and check under those friggin tables okay bye, bye. <laughs>